Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our epistle reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with an emphasis on these words. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Dear friends, I have a simple question for you this morning. Are any of you tired? No, not tired perhaps in the sense that you didn't get enough sleep last night, though that may be a part of it. But are you tired? Tired of political strife, discord, disunity? Are you tired of turning on the news to hear rumors of war brought about by civil unrest? Are you tired of being terrified to leave your homes because of COVID-19? Are you tired of being separated from your family, your friends, your neighbors, and the church? I know that I am. I'm so tired of these things that I find myself praying, come Lord Jesus, with a fervor that was not there before. For it is Jesus the Christ who has promised to set all of these things and more right at his glorious return. And so each Sunday his church prays for his return in glory and for the new creation that he will bring with him. Yet as we wait and as we anticipate this great and glorious day, a different kind of tiredness begins to set in. We, the church, grow tired of waiting. We, like the virgins in last Sunday's parable, grow tired in our anticipation. The excitement fades, the reality of what is coming seems far too distant, or maybe it even begins to feel false. The world lulls us into slumber while our bridegroom urges vigilance. We, in our exhaustion, begin to think to ourselves, well, this is the way that it will always be. Maybe Jesus meant something different than he said, or maybe I simply heard him wrong. When we say this, dear friends, we do not proclaim Christ. We proclaim all manner of worldliness. We become so tired and fatigued by the wages of our own sinful behavior that we start to assume that the fault does not rest with us, but with God. God is taking too long. God has forgotten his promises. God is not acting. He's letting all of these bad things happen, and he's not offering any real way out. This spiritual tiredness is damaging to our faith, for it presumes that God is not listening to the plight of his people, or worse, that he is listening, and he just doesn't care. We fail to heed the words which were first spoken to the prophet Jeremiah, where the Lord cries out, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? So hear these words again, you sleepy Christians. The Lord your God is near to you. He sees your sufferings, and he knows your fears. And what's more, he has addressed them in his church. He continues to address them through his gifts. 
The fact of the matter, however, is that we are so invested in this present age, we are so absorbed with ourselves that we falsely assume that the troubles which beset us now on this day are the be-all, end-all of civilization as we know it. We cannot comprehend that all of these troubles and the troubles of all ages which came before us are, as St. Paul wrote in our epistle for today, but the labor pains, which come before the joy of his coming kingdom. Just as the groanings and the painful exertions of the woman in labor give way to the joy of new life, so does our God use all of these temporal afflictions to reveal the joy of his presence to his bewearied people. The problem becomes this weariness by which mortal man fails to see the work that God is doing in the midst of trial and tribulation. Man's tiredness becomes lethargy, and he no longer looks for the things of God, but he sets his sight solely on the things of this world. He puts all of his trust in things temporal, things like politics, technology, or medicine. And when these things fall short of his expectations, what does he do? He blames God. He lifts up his sleepy eyes to the heavens and he cries out, What gives, God? I looked for you in the election, and still political turmoil and civil unrest continue. I looked for you in my new iPhone, but it provided only a momentary distraction from all of my woes. I looked for you in doctors and pills and in therapy, yet my illness still persists. Are you asleep at the wheel, O Lord? O sleeper, know this. Your God does not rest while his people are in peril, but he shines his light in the darkness of sin, and he makes his salvation known to you. But like Israel of old, you have not sought the light. So God in his church has come to make us, as the apostle writes, children of the light. Children of the day, we are not of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let not the darkness surprise you when it comes, nor let any threat of this present age make you forget exactly who you are. As children of the day, you walk in the light of Christ, shepherded through all trials by his gentle rod. Therefore, do not grow weary and rest your hope on worldliness. Rested instead on him who calls you out of darkness. For St. Paul continues, Let us not then sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Friends, I ask you, are we to carry on as the world does around us, willfully ignorant of the warnings and the promises which God has made? Are we to drink ourselves into a stupor to forget our woes? Are we to bury our heads and hope that these present troubles just somehow magically pass us by? No. The Apostle concludes, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. 
Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Friends, let your hope be in Christ. Let yourselves keep watch for his coming by being where he himself has promised to be, not in any temporal or worldly blessing or benefit, but in the preaching of his word, in the distribution of his sacraments, in the mutual consolation of the brethren gathered here. In these ways, your God shows you that he is not a God far away, but he is a God at hand, a God who comes to you now with the medicine of immortality, a God who urges you to lift one another up in the present hope of salvation. Dear friends, I am tired of giving my time and attention to false hopes. I am tired of seeing my brothers and sisters in the church argue and bicker over earthly princes and their empty promises and their limited reigns. I am tired of letting politics and pandemic alike distract us from the work which God has given us to do in these final days. I would much rather you let your voice be the voice crying out for unity among the people. Let your hands be the hands providing for the needs of the ill, the hospitalized, and your homebound neighbors. Let your proclamation be the proclamation of peace in Christ Jesus, in whom your hope rests. Let your confession be none other than that of Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins, which is that hope that you proclaim. Let him be your mail and your helm that your life may be a bulwark of his righteousness for all in our world who are tired and who are oppressed. Dear Christians, keep watch for his glorious return at the end of the age by seeking him where he might be found in this age, here and now. For he and he alone gives answer to your plight. Encourage one another that none in the church may be found sleeping, overwhelmed by the sorrows of this world, but instead that they may be awake, sober, and ready when Christ comes on the last day, and yes, when he comes on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.